You know, we have said um, that Jesus' invitation to us is that we, everybody say it, we talked about this last week, that we, he said, follow me. All right, yeah, follow, everybody say that, follow me. Jesus' invitation to us is what? Follow me. And we talked about this, how the church over the years has dumbed it down to believe in me. All you got to do is believe. <laughs> and nowhere did Jesus say, all you got to do is believe. Jesus said, everybody, come on, follow me. We dumbed it down because believing me is a lot easier. Believing me doesn't require change. Come on. I can believe and not change anything. Come on, right? Right? I, I mean, he didn't say believe. He said, follow, follow me. And I actually think, this is going to stretch some of you. We're jumping in the deep end right off the bat. Are you all ready? Are you? All right. I, I, I think believing can actually be deceiving. <laughs> I think just believing is actually very deceiving. Yeah. I, I, just believing can be very deceiving. You're like, what are you saying? Well, here's, here's the thing. We can believe and do nothing. We can believe and not follow any of Jesus' teachings. Come on. We can believe it in our head. We can believe all the right things and, and do nothing with the, the teachings of Jesus. And here's what's deceiving. Because we believe with our head and do nothing else with it, we think we're building our house on the rock. Uh -huh. We think we're building our house on the rock and we think everything is going to be okay, but I see it over and over and over that the storm comes, your house crashes, and people get mad at God and go, God, where were you? Come on, God. You let me down. God, what are you doing? <laughs> Jesus made it very clear. We dug this out last week. Jesus made it very clear that the only way, everybody say the only way, to build a solid foundation is to do or to practice the teachings of Jesus. Not just believe it in your head. It don't do you any good. I mean, he, yeah, faith without works is dead. It's worthless. means nothing. God's not so concerned about what you believe, but how you walk out what you believe, what you do with it. What do you do with it? You know, what do you do with it? Because if you're doing nothing with it, I'm telling you, you are deceiving yourselves. 
and the wind is going to come, the rain is going to come, and will you have a foundation to stand on, or is it just going to blow your house away? Come on. <laughs> Welcome to the crossing, y'all. <laughs> right? right? I mean, think about it, though. I, from where I sit and have walked with people the last 35 years in ministry, I'm just telling you, I see it all the time. And then they get mad at God, and God was like, man, if you had just built the foundation, you believed the right things, but you did nothing with it. And now you're blaming me. Come on. Come on. That's right. That's right. Um. What do we do? What do we do with what Jesus said? You know? Because as we do the teachings of Jesus, as we do them, everybody say do them. As we do them, we said last week that, that when we step out in scared faith, right? When we step out, God's faithfulness meets us on the backside of that. Not before we step out. But on the backside of that, his faithfulness meets our small step. And then afterwards, our faith grows. We build foundation. We dig a little deeper. We're drilled into the rock a little bit more. Um, but here's the thing. When you're deceived, you don't even know you're deceived. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> you're like, I, I think everything is fine. I think it's all okay, but I'm being deceived into thinking that it's okay. James actually says this. You're like, ah, uh, there's not much scripture. Yeah, James actually says, he actually says that those who hear the word and do not do them is deceiving themselves. You just hear it and go, amen. I believe it. Preach it, brother. <laughs> and don't do anything. You are deceiving yourself. You think you have a foundation that you really don't. And that's why, this is not a new problem. That's why Jesus pushed his disciples into crazy situations. Did y'all know that? Did you know that Jesus actually pushed his disciples into situations that he knew they were going to fail? Well, Jesus would never put me in a place I'd fail. Yeah, he would, if that's what it took to build your faith. Come on. No, I know that's not popular teaching, but it's true. Look at the lives of the disciples, his closest guys. He actually put them in situations that he knew they could not handle. Oh, God will never put anything on me that I can't handle. Where'd you read that? No. He will allow you to have situations you can't handle. To show you, you need him. Come on. To teach you to trust him. It's true. It's true. He let his disciples get in things that were so far over their head. 
Things that they were like, are you kidding me? What are you talking about? You know? Many cases, he would actually put them out there, like I said, knowing that they were going to fail. Knowing that it was bigger than them, that there's no way they could do this. You know? <laughs> and and, and um, sometimes, he would actually... I mean, Think about this, and they kind of should have known this was coming, or at least a few of them. Now, I know I would not have seen it either, but if you think about how Jesus called the disciples, how he said, follow me, and what was going on around where he said, follow me, they should have had some indication, especially, um, it, what, what was it? It was Peter, Andrew, James, and John. When he called them, when he said, follow me to those guys, they were like professional fishermen, right? They were professional fishermen. They had been fishing all night long and caught nothing. <laughs> and Jesus comes along and says, oh, the problem is you just need to throw the net on the other side. <laughs> to which they had to be thinking, are you kidding me? We're professionals. It was just a bad night. It was just a bad night. And then Jesus says, I know you don't know how to fish. No, he didn't say that. But he said, follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. You're going to catch people. To which they had to be thinking, we can't even catch fish. Right? What do you what do you mean? What what do you mean? It's it's true. And then it's funny. Jesus has put them in all of these crazy situations. You know, one time he he uh, now these guys grew up grew up around the sea. They were in the sea in the big lakes all the time. They knew how to navigate a boat and all of that. Well, Jesus one time puts them in a boat and says, "Hey, I want you to row over across the corner of the sea. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to walk around. I need to just be by myself, me and God. We're just going. I'm going to walk. You, you take the boat and go over. It's only about eight miles over there. I'll meet you over there. I'm just going to walk the eight miles. And these men that grew up on the sea get out in there, and they are rowing their boat, right? They're rowing the boat over, and a storm comes up, and they freak out, and Jesus has to save them, right? You can read it. Jesus has to save them. Now, these guys were like professionals, and Jesus has to calm the storm, say, you're going to be okay. Right after that, Jesus gets them all together, and, and he says, He's giving them the plan. Okay, here's the plan. Here's where we're going. Here's what it's going to look like. And he says this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. They've seen him do all these miracles, all these great things. And they will do even what? Greater things than these. Because I'm going to go to the Father, and then, and we know he's making reference to, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. All right? Um, but, but look at this. <laughs> These guys just failed 
rowing their boat across the sea. And Jesus is like coaching, going, oh, but you've seen all the great things that I've been doing? Greater works than these are you going to do. And they had to be thinking, we can't even row, row, row our boat without your help. And Jesus is thinking, exactly. That's the point. You can't do it without me. I don't want you to even try. And so he would throw them into situation after situation that he knew they couldn't do it without his help. So that it would build a foundation of faith. And because he did that to them, we today exist as a church. But if we don't do that, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do that in us, in 500 years will the church exist? In 10 years will the church exist? In 50 years? See, it was handed to us. Come on. Do y'all believe that? I believe that. I really, really do. You know, that he hands that to us. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting. There's one time that, that, that this happened, and uh, Jesus is teaching to thousands. There's like 5,000 men plus women and, and children. And, and it says that Jesus had been teaching all day long, all day. Now, here's what's interesting. I, 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 I got to wonder, because we don't have, we've got some teachings. We've got the Sermon on the Mount we looked at a little bit last week and talked about. Um, but, but we don't have a recording of Jesus all day teaching. You know, I have to wonder, what did he say? They were, they were enthralled. They were there in the heat, all day long, listening to Jesus, all right? And, uh, and so the disciples come, and they say, hey, Jesus, we need to take a dinner break. Actually, <laughs> the crowd needs a break. Really what they meant was, we need a break, guy. Come on. We need a dinner break. So here's what he said. Are y'all still with me? All right. Here's what he said. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting, what, late. Send the crowd away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some, what, some food. They're all hungry. Go, send them away so that they can go get some food. Everybody's hungry. They've been here all day long in the heat. They're tired. They're hungry. And look, <laughs> Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You. Everybody say you. Look at somebody and say you. All right. You give them something to eat. To which they had to be saying, here we go again. <laughs> right? Here we go again. It's not possible. There's no way. 
And so they start arguing with Jesus. We're not going to get in that today. Jesus said, hey, they don't need to go anywhere. You give them something to eat. Hmm. We are in a series about faith, about building a foundation of faith. And how do we live a life of faith? And remember, we said this, that God is most honored by our living, active, here and now, what? Faith. I want to say that all together. We're going to read it together. Look at somebody and say, hey, remember, God is most, come on, say it with me. God is most honored by our living, active, here and now faith. It's us every day trusting him. Every day you're building a foundation for the storm. Every day, you're choosing what you're putting your house on. Every day, following him, forgiving like him, loving like him, giving like him. And we've said last week that, that God consistently uses a few ingredients over and over and over in the, in the stories of the scripture and in the stories in this room of building faith, there are some ingredients that I believe are essential. Everybody say essential. You must have these ingredients in your life to really build a foundation of faith. I am convinced of it. All right, that if you want to live a life so when the storm comes, people look and go, How? Did they survive that? And you just go, I just trusted Jesus. I don't even understand it. <laughs> but I trust him. I was trusting him more than the outcome. Come on. I'm just going to trust him. You know? I mean, think about that. There are some ingredients that builds that kind of faith. And I am convinced, we talked about one of them last week, just as a reminder, go back, listen to it. God rocked in this place last week, and I just sat back going, God, that was cool. I don't even know what I said. That was awesome. You know, go back, listen to it. But God uses practical teaching. When we take the word of God, and we hear it, or we apply it, and we apply it, in a practical, everyday kind of way, it builds faith. Come on. The Word of God builds faith. I read the stories of Jonathan. I read the stories of David. And it builds my faith because it was practical. Every day, this is how you live it out. Come on. That's right. And hearing by the Word of God. That's right. I mean, it is everyday practical teaching. The, the ingredient we're going to talk about today that I think is absolutely essential, non-negotiable, to build a house on the rock. Amen. Anybody want to build a house on a rock? Yes. Yeah, that you're not blown around. You got solid faith. You know that when you pray, 
<laughs> that, that heaven hears. Things happen. Come on, right? Solid foundation to stand on. I believe practical teaching of the word is essential. Because if it's not there, it's just feelings. And sometimes our feelings will deceive us. Come on, right? Well, I just don't feel it. I don't care if you feel it. Step out. Step out. Well, here's number two ingredient that I think is absolutely mandatory. (laughs) Is personal ministry. (laughs) Personal ministry. Every person in this room is a minister of the gospel if you are a child of God. Every one of you. No exceptions. And I'm telling you, over and over and over in every story in the scripture, in every story in this room of those that are walking in what I would call great faith, This is a part of their faith story. It is. Every single, every single one. You hear the stories of them talk about that moment where they stepped out and served someone. Where they stepped out and served a group of people. Got involved in... You know, a nonprofit or whatever you want to say, and and started giving of themselves, and their faith grew. It must, it must, it just has to. Of how they felt, every person's story is about how they felt completely unprepared, completely unequipped, a whole lot like the disciples going. What? This is crazy. I can't do this. I'm not equipped. I don't know the Bible enough. I was and and even in spite of that, they just knew deep down, but I have to. I have to do it. I have to. I don't understand, you know? There, there are some stories, and I love these stories, of where they go, you know what? I felt God prompting me to go serve in the children's ministry. <laughs> and I didn't want to. I felt so unprepared. I felt so, and I mean, there's some of those kids back there, they knew more Bible than I do. You know, and I don't know what to do. But I just stepped out, and my little step of faith met God's faithfulness. Come on. And that was 25 years ago, and now I'm teaching those kids' kids. You meet that person, they ain't nothing this world's got to throw at them that's going to rock their faith. Nothing. And if you would say, are you a great man of faith or a great woman of faith? They're like, no. But they've learned to step out and let his faithfulness meet them where they're not. 
Come on. It happens over and over and over. And most of the time, it starts out like this. Because this is, we've all, we've all had these, all right? But it starts like this. But God. Everybody say, but God. I, I, I'm, I'm so nervous. I am so nervous. And I didn't put this up there, but, some, but I think the very next thing on I'm so nervous is, but God, I am so nervous, I'm just going to make a fool out of myself. I, 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 I really don't, God, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm unprepared. I'm in over my head. Anybody ever felt that one? I am so in over my head. I am so inadequate and unqualified. Don't you know my past? God could never use me. And to what Jesus would say, no, you're exactly what I love to use. Because then you know it's me and not you. Come on. Then you know it's me and not you. It's not your great abilities. It's my faithfulness walking with you. Come on. Come on. But when you step out, God meets you there. And your faith grows. That is exactly Kyle and Manda's story. Some of you know Kyle and Manda Jewel. Um, uh, I don't know. It's been maybe two years ago, probably less. I don't know, something like that. Um, Susan and I were at Susie Q's one night. We were working there. And, um, uh, and Kyle and Manda come in, and we just start talking. And they were involved in a circle, but the more we talked, they were like, you know what? Somebody really needs to start a circle for people our age, young married people, you know? Is there a circle that's specifically for young married people? And we just talked and talked, and the more we talked, I was like, okay, um, and, and so don't ever come talk to me about this stuff, because here's what I said. I, was, I said, you know what? Maybe you're supposed to start one. And the look on their face was like, huh? Like, what? What? Yeah, maybe you're supposed to start one. And, and can I just tell you, it was huh, days of, well, a little bit of freak out, right? The little bit of freak out, it was, I can't, I don't know how, where would we start, I'm not qualified. How's it going to work? And then there was the, the questions of, well, we live so far out of town. Nobody would ever come to our house. There is no way. We are not qualified. And in there, we are not qualified. They called and said, okay, what do we do? And with just a couple of friends... They stepped out, scared to death. They 
stepped out. And now, if you were to ask me who are the pastors of the crossing, I would point to them as well as all the others. They are pastors. In the truest biblical sense of the word. Now had I said, God's calling you to be a pastor, they would have run away. But you know what? They're pastors. They are right now pastoring an amazing, alive, powerful circle. They've literally, not figuratively, but they've literally had to knock the walls out of their living room into their garage to facilitate what God is doing in their house. I mean, it is amazing. Some of you in the room, you're part of that group, and you're like, yeah, he ain't lying. Watching what God is doing through them is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> they stepped out to minister personally to somebody. To a very, what they thought was just a very select group of, of people. <laughs> and today, they are growing. Their faith is growing. Come on. Their faith is growing. Their circle is growing. The, the people in that circle, their faith is growing. The people in that circle, their families are growing. I think there's going to be like 10 babies born this year out of that circle. And I'm not exaggerating. Am I exaggerating? I don't think I am. I think there's literally going to be 10 babies born this year. So if you go and you don't want babies, don't drink the water. I hear that's, that's the deal. All right. <laughs> uh, but it is amazing. And if you ask them today, are you qualified? They'd be like, no. Do you know what you're doing? No. But God's faithfulness meets their inadequacies. And here's the thing. There are stories all over this room just like that. Just like that. Of how those that are walking in great faith today... Their faith's pretty solid, you know? A big part of their story is when they stepped out to serve somebody else. And God met them there. And because God met them there, God used them serving somebody else <laughs> to grow their faith. I mean, that's what he did with every disciple in the scripture. Every one of them. This church is that story. When this church started, I was like, man, we are so far in over our heads. We don't have a clue what we're doing. And can I just tell you, almost 18 years later, we still don't have a clue what we're doing. And it's beautiful. It's amazing. Because every day I look around and go, God, I can't believe what you have done. I need you because I definitely don't know what the next step is. Come on. It's the way it works. 
It's the way it works. Matter of fact, write this down. Pushing through our inadequacies in order to say yes to God for the benefit of others, I promise it will grow your faith. Come on. Come on. I know this is not a big like, woo, amen, glory kind of, but this will change your world. Come on. It will change your world. When you start pushing through my inadequacies, and in spite of what I can or cannot do, I'm going to say yes to you, God, for the benefit of somebody else. And when it is for the benefit of somebody else, 100% of the time, God will meet you in your inadequacies, and he will be enough. 100% when it's for somebody else. Now, when it's just for me and my selfishness, well, he may or may not. Come on, are y'all hearing me? But 100% of the time, when it's for the benefit of somebody else, he will be there. When I push through the, well, I'm too young. Students, I'm too young. I'm too young. God really couldn't use me. That's a lie. Because can I tell you, if you're 12 years old, Jesus knew at 12 where he was going, what he was doing. If you're 12 years old, there's some eight, nine-year-olds looking up to you. You can teach. You can leave right now. Come on. Come on. I'm not getting very many amens on that. But it, isn't that the truth? It's the truth. You say, oh, but I'm too old. <laughs> you still taking breath? Then don't waste that breath. Come on. I know that's not popular, but it's true. Absolutely true. But I don't know enough Bible. <laughs> Can I just tell you this? Nobody learns more than the teacher. <laughs> right? Right? It will push you. He will push you. When we push through all those, I'm too old, I'm too young, I don't know enough Bible, and we start serving kids, we start a circle, not just attending, but we start one, like Kyle and Amanda did, <laughs> going, Jesus, I don't know the outcome, but I'm trusting you. I promise you, you are building a foundation that is solid. It's a faith-filled foundation. And that's how he does it. There's no shortcuts, y'all. There's not. Matter of fact, it says, remember we read this, the evening approaching, the disciples came to Jesus and said, this is a remote place, and they're already, it's really getting late, and you got to send all these people away so that they can go to the village and get themselves some food. And Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them, what? You give them something to eat. You bringing me a problem? Oh, Jesus, I just really know. How many of you would agree? If something doesn't happen in our nation, the next generation's in trouble. 
How many of you believe that? Uh, come on, raise your hand. You believe that to be true. You believe that? If something doesn't change in our world for Jesus, we're in trouble. Come on, anybody believe that? You believe that? Okay, stop just believing it. Believing is deceiving. Oh, I just believe that only Jesus is the answer for the next generation. Then stop believing it. Stop just believing it. Go serve the next generation. That's what Jesus said. You believe these people hungry? You believe there's a problem here? <laughs> I'm going to hand the problem back to you. Isn't that what he did? You want me to do something? You put some skin in the game. Come on. You want me to change this nation? You put some skin in the game. You want me to change the next generation? You put some skin in the game. I'm not going to zap it away. I want you to be part of the solution. Don't just bring the solution to me and say, oh, Jesus, do something. Jesus is going, oh, Victor, do something. Come on. Are y'all hearing me? It's the truth. You know? <laughs> Even though it was impossible with somewhere between five and 15,000 people, it was impossible. Jesus like, oh, don't send them away. You just feed them. There's only 15,000 out there. You just do it. You can do that. You just do it. I love John's account of this. It actually says, when John tells this story, he said, Jesus said you do something just to test them. <laughs> Jesus said, oh, you do something. You take care of it. You feed them. And he said it just to test them, just to grow their faith. And then Andrew, one of the disciples, right, he pops up and he says, well, well, Jesus, there's a kid, got a lunch, and it has five little pieces of bread in it and two fish. <laughs> I love this. It's so simple. Jesus said, you do something. You do something. You know what I, as I studied it this time, I, I saw this story differently. You know what the point of this was? The point of this was not the miracle of feeding 5,000 plus women and children. We get it messed up. My whole life, I've always heard it preached, the miracle was Jesus multiplying it. But I don't think that was Jesus' point. Because John said the point was Jesus was testing the disciples. What if the point of the miracle wasn't feeding people? Can I just tell you, those people were not going to starve to death. Come on, have you ever thought about that? There was food in the villages. <laughs> have you ever thought about that? 
He could have said, yeah, go, go have them get something to eat. But no, the point was not feeding the people. The point was the disciples having some skin in the game. Because he was more concerned about the disciples building a foundation of faith so that when he was gone and the Holy Spirit was here, they could walk in faith that God could handle this. When all the storms and crazy came. This was about building their foundation of faith, not about just feeding some people. Come on. The point wasn't just feeding people. The point was, disciples, we're on the fast track to digging a foundation of faith. That you learn to trust me. That's the point. So, this next phrase. Andrew's like, yeah, there's a kid's lunch out there. This next phrase is what changes nations. This next phrase is what has the potential to change Mena, Arkansas, to change a culture, to change a generation. So don't take it lightly. What Jesus says is radical, and it is huge, and it is so simple, and we're so churchy that we miss it. Jesus said, bring them here to me. Bring what you got to me, even if it's just a kid's lunch. Come on. Just bring, here's the Victor translation of that. Bring me what you got. Just bring me what you got. Trust me with what you've got. Don't worry about what you don't have. Don't worry about that that was for one kid for lunch, and there's 15,000 people potentially out there. Just bring me what you got. Just bring it to me. What, what have you got? For Kyle and Amanda, well, we got a house. Bring me what you got. Well, we got a television. I don't know how to teach, but I can put a video on. I, I, don't, I don't know a lot, but I can make some coffee. You know, I, are y'all hearing me? I, I don't have much. But what I got, okay, here it is. He wants you to participate. He wants you to be a part of it. He wants you to be a part of changing the next generation. And I'm going to tell you, for some of you in the room, he is saying right now, bring me what you got. You got two hours once a month? Bring me what you got. Two hours, once a month, to serve kids right back there. Give me the two hours. Watch what I'll do with it. Just 
give me the two hours. I don't care how small it is. Just let me have the two hours once a month. One service once a month. Oh, but I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't know what to do. I hate kids. Just give me. Can I just tell you something? I've experienced this in my life. What you serve, you will fall in love with. What you serve, this is a whole other thing. I'm supposed to be done right now, but let, let me just say this. If you are falling out of love with your spouse, it's because you quit serving them. Because when you serve them, you will love them. You can't help it. Because what you invest in, <laughs> you're going to learn to love. Come on. Say, thanks a lot, Victor. Get back to your notes, all right? Uh, all right? I, I, I mean, just bring me what you got. You want to see a change in the next generation? Come on Wednesday night. Serve the next generation right here. Come on. Two hours right here on Wednesday night. Serve them. Don't gripe about them. Serve them. Give to them. I promise you your faith will grow. Because here's what happens. Jesus takes their not enough. <laughs> and he says, he says, Dad, says he looked to heaven. And he's like, Dad, you and I both know what's getting ready to happen. I just want them to know we're together on this thing. So thank you for what you're getting ready to do. Come on, that, you read it. That's basically what he says. Just thank you. For what you're getting ready to do. I want you to not miss this. Write this down. He gave thanks for what was not enough. <laughs> he, thank you God that I hate kids. But I'm going to serve them. I thank you God I don't know what to do. I thank you God I don't know enough Bible. But I trust you. Come on. He takes, he gave thanks. Jesus gave thanks for what was not enough. And then, here's the deal. He gave it back to him. See, we have this picture that Jesus gave thanks and poof, there were just tables full of food. I don't see that in the scripture. And quite frankly, I don't see that in the character of God and the way Jesus works. Here's how Victor sees that happening. We don't know exactly, but knowing the nature and character of who God is and knowing all the other teachings of Jesus, I think it went like this. Jesus handed it back. The scripture says he gave it back to the disciples to hand it out. So he tore, Jesus tore two fish and five little loaves of bread into 12 pieces, gave each of them a little piece of fish, each of them a little bit of bread, and said, go give it to the people. And they're holding in one hand a little bite of fish and a little piece of bread. And they literally walked in faith into a crowd of potentially 15,000.
And I know at first they were like, here's a bite. And here's, here's a little bread. And no, I, 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 I have these weird ADD moments. And I just had one of those. <laughs> it wasn't even sanitized. Isn't that awesome? It was just like. <laughs> For some of you, that would have been the step of faith right there. All right. Um, <laughs> but, but, but it was like, here's, here's a bite. Here's, here's another bite. So they went to the next person. There was enough for you to have a bite. And here's your bite. And they went to the next person and looked in their hand. And there's still a little bit more. So here you can have a bite. And you can have a bite. Do you realize it was 15,000 steps of faith? <laughs> 15,000. And here's what I know. God's not going to blow the table up and it all be full and you just go, ah, oh, we got plenty now. Come on. That's not how he works. How he works is we give away what little we have and then we look and guess what? There's more to give away. Come on. So we give a little bit more away and guess what? There's still some to give away. You know what I've experienced in my life? If we're giving it away, we never run out of enough to give away. If we're hoarding it, it's never enough. You'll always be in lack. You'll always be in need. But when I give it away, there's always more to give away. And so 15,000 times the step of faith. And then when it was all done, uh, like Sam said, they went through Jesus like, go pick up the leftovers. And they had to be going, What? There can't be leftovers. I was giving them a bite at a time. There can't be leftovers. What that tells me also is how many times did they have to step out? Because it wasn't just a bite a piece. They all got to eat all that they wanted. They hadn't eaten all day long. And they were full of fish and bread. And there was so much left over, there were 12 baskets full. And I think that was just kind of Jesus going, okay, guys, now you can eat. Because each one of them got a basket. Okay, now, you can, you can eat now. You know, you've been walking in faith, and now you have more than enough. Does that make sense? Just think about it. It is so, so profound when you just let him do it. So here's the thing. Worship team's coming up. We're not done. Don't you check out on me. All right? We are not done. But here's the question. Very simple. Well, I do what I can do and trust God to do what only he can do. That's faith. See, they brought Jesus the little bit. Jesus thanked God for the little bit. He handed it back to them. They still just had a little bit. <laughs> and they did what they could do. You know what they could do? Give away the little bit. They did their part of giving away the little bit. And as they gave away the little bit, God did what he could do and what only he could do. And he multiplied the little bit. He multiplied the kid's lunch. Come on. Are y'all hearing me? 
so, so true. Hmm. So, I want your faith to grow. I don't want to get the call where your house is fallen because it was built on the sand. And all this time, you were deceiving yourself thinking it was built on a rock. So here's the deal. Right, or look at this. It's not going for some reason. Are you there? Go to the next one. What step will I take this week to engage in personal ministry at your church? If this is not your church, take it and run with it back to your church. I want your faith to grow. The church is growing. A lot of cool stuff happening. Lots of new people. Blows my mind. Last weekend, there were over 20 people that it was their first time here. That's amazing. But I want your faith to grow. So where? Where can you step out in your inadequacies? I don't know how. Is it children's ministry? Is it in a circle? You know? Like I said, both of those right there, the children's and you, that's literally two hours. Such a little bit. Maybe it's in media. You're like, what's media? Well, it's the guys that are making this part work right now and sound and all of that. Maybe you're a techie person. There's room. There's room. Maybe it's part of the setup team. Did you know there's people that volunteer on Saturdays to spend one hour on Saturday to come in here and set this up for you? You're like, how's that going to grow my faith? Trust me. Trust me. Trust him. Maybe being a greeter. Maybe being a part of the security team. I don't know, maybe something else. Where? 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 Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to challenge you. This is where believing and faith are different. You believe all those things are important or you wouldn't be here. Faith engages in those things. So what of those are you going to engage in? Not somebody else. It's not optional. I heard a guy say once, and it's absolutely true. Save people, serve. It's just the way it works. Not because we need your help. But because your faith needs to grow. Come on. Come on. Where? Where? I want you to think about it right now. Just take a moment. You're like, well, I need to pray about it. Jesus didn't tell his guys, y'all pray about it. And if you want to be involved, you can. Let's just say this, what it is. When we say, I'll pray about it, that really means maybe they'll forget about it. 
come on. Come on. Because here's the thing. I believe the Holy Spirit's already prompting you that somewhere you can step out in faith. Where is that? Where is that? If it's in one of these things, I want you right now, don't, right now, grab your notes or grab your phone and write one of those down. Come on, right now, come on. I, I'm, I'm not playing, all right? Come on, right now. Either grab your notes or grab your, because this is where it goes from just believing. And maybe it's not even on this list. Maybe it's something totally different. I don't care. Again, it's not about the job getting done. It's about us engaging in personal ministry that's going to grow your faith. Come on, just listen to the Holy Spirit. What's, what's he want from you? Some of you are arguing with him. Don't argue. Write it down. Put it on your phone. Where is it at? Maybe you're already involved, but there's some other place you need to step out in as well. That's uncomfortable, impossible. Where is it? Can I just tell you the Holy Spirit's been working on me? I believe that our children's ministry here is the most important ministry we do. It is the life of the church in so many ways. And the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me like, if you really believe that, step out in faith. Don't just talk about it. That's just believing. So one of those things you're going to see happen is once a month, starting out, maybe more than that, I don't know, but starting out once a month, I'm going to be back there serving kids. Not here. You may be offended, but that's more important. It is. There'll be somebody else take good care of you up here. But are we going to put our faith and let him stretch us? Can I just tell you, I've spent my life with teenagers, and I can talk to teenagers. Little guys scare me to death. They will kill you. They smell fear. Right? <laughs> He's like, step out, quit talking about it. Where is that for you? Write it down. And here's what I want you to do. Maybe, maybe for you, it's this next one. Maybe it's somewhere in the neighborhood. I'd encourage you to do both. Give him your little bit. Give him that hour or two. 
once a month or whenever. Maybe it's with my neighbor. Maybe it's with a, a nonprofit. Maybe it's with CASA, which is advocating for kids. Maybe it's with the call, supporting foster kids. Maybe it's with CMA and all of the ministries that they're involved with around the world. Maybe it's our NA family that is right over there nine times a week. Maybe it's the food ministry at First Assembly. Go serve them. Go give. It's part of the body of Christ. Maybe it's serving. I don't know. There's so many places. He is just saying, you give me your little bit. Take it from belief to faith and take a step. So if it's one of these, write that down right now. If it's one of them, write it down. Write it down. Come on, y'all aren't writing it down. Write it down. Put it in your phone. See, here's the deal. Look down your row. Of these two slides, this slide and this slide, one in four people sitting in this room are involved in one of those. That means 75% of the room is not involved in one of those. That one or that one. 75%. 75% are like somebody else will do something. And Jesus is calling you to go, no, that somebody's you. Just give me your little bit and just see what I do. Just see what I do. I just don't want you whining to me later going, man, my house fell. Now I'm mad at God. <laughs> I want your faith to grow. I want it to grow. So here's the thing. Write it down. Write it on the notes. Maybe you could text it. I don't know if I've got that number or not. I don't think I put it up there. But you can text it to this number. All right? It's my wife. She gave me permission. 216-2297. Text your name and where God is calling you to serve. Even if it's not here at the church, text it. 216-2297. 216-2297. Right now, use your phone. It's okay. Or write it on your notes and then leave it in your seat with your name on it. Your name and where he's calling you to step out with your little bit. So, Lord, I pray that we would be doers of your word, not deceiving ourselves, but stepping in faith to see you do the miraculous.